Sounds like I'm doing what? <laughs> the Batman theme. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's the intro, I guess. Hi, welcome to the Kingdom of Thirst. Uh, my name is Abigail Kelly, and I'm super cool. And this yeah. is Paige, and she's also super. Well, she is. Do you want me to be on this podcast or not? We're really starting this out with you insulting. Me? I mean, you're already you're already on the years. podcast. You're already on the podcast. It's too late. Yeah, but like, it's a new episode. It's a new day. It's it a new is me. a new. It is a new day, and you know that's a perfect that's a perfect segue into what I want to talk about, which is what's which is what matters here. The podcast. Uh, I so I had plans, best laid plans for for stuff that I was going to record this week. And then those plans had to change due to circumstances beyond my control. Totally fine. Not a big deal. But I was like, ah, Abigail, you got to stay on schedule. So you got to come up with an episode real quick. And I was like, hmm, what do I want to do? And I was flipping through the books I've read. And I've read upwards of like 25 books so far in 2021. Um... And none of them really caught my fancy for this. I, I had just downloaded a book that I was like, oh, this, this will be a good episode. But I, I obviously, like, hadn't thought to do it, like, tomorrow, which is when I was thinking about doing it. So I was like, ah, well, either I read a brand new book tonight or I do another Crusty Cole episode. And I was like, ah, none of those are really hitting me right now. None of those are hitting me. None of them are uh, slapping you in the face? None of them were slapping me in the face in the good way that I was looking for. So I was like, hmm, what are we going to do? So I was, I was flipping through, flipping through my books, flipping through. I was like, oh, and I got it. And I was like, Abigail, you're a genius, which is what I say to myself every 15 minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> as you know. I do. I do know this <laughs> firsthand. Yeah. yeah, and I said, I said, thanks, past Abigail, like I also do every ten minutes or so, uh, except for when I curse past Abigail for for making a mockery out of future Abigail. But that's that does happen that's often. Happens a lot. Happens way more than it should. But here we are. Uh, I wouldn't have a podcast if not for the stupidness of past Abigail. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to do this. Uh, okay, so. That is, t- today is a new day. We're doing something I totally did not plan on doing besides, like, I had a fleeting thought a few months ago about it, and I was like, oh, we'll get there. Uh, so, Paige, I want to take you back to 2001. Ooh, when I was at the ripe age of five. <laughs> God, and I was six, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and 9-11 was a thing. Um Britney Spears was popping off still, could still fit in her micro minis. And so was Justin Timberlake, I think. He was also wearing micro minis. He was also wearing micro minis and had ramen noodle hair. Good times. Ooh. Goodly time. Why I are we taking, uh, why are we, why are we uh, being 
brought back here. So, in 2001, a piece of media hit that was so life-changing for me personally uh, that it, it, it ripples all the way to today and to what we're talking about. Now, this piece of media, the, the, the romance that I'm speaking of was actually secondary. It was, it was not even the main character. But I was so struck by it, and I think most of America was so struck by it, that it left a really lasting impact on the romance genre and uh, our generation in particular as well. Um, and so, of course, today we're going to talk about the romance between... The dragon and donkey from Shrek. One. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fucking iconic pair. Iconic. Ah. Ah. I feel honored. Well, Thank you for choosing me to to do this episode with you. Okay, so two thousand one. Fuck a space odyssey. We're talking about Shrek. We're t- well, okay, so we're talking about dragons, but but I think the seeds of this really begin with Shrek 2001. Don't you agree? I can't imagine a time beforehand where dragons were so idolized. I can't and imagine as uh, romantic figures. I can't imagine a time when dragons were not seen as uh, viable sexual partners to cross species romance <laughs> before 2001. <laughs> You know. It's true. It's true and you should say it. So, Shrek. Okay. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's head back. I think I saw Shrek. <gasps> okay, we're not... I, I, I know I, we're not specifically talking about Shrek, but... We're... But now it's here. It's in the room. It's in the room. I saw it in theaters. Uh-huh. I'm 99% sure that I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the dragon... You don't think that it's a lady dragon at first. You it's think a it's lady a, dragon. A dragon that has no <laughs> like attributes <laughs> to like what gender it is. Until until it flutters its lashes and until then you know. it flutters her lashes and has a heart smoke ring towards Donkey. <sighs> Donkey's into it too. He cops out. Donkey's into it. They have I mean, little uh, donkey dragon smart. babies in the next movie. Can't imagine how that possibly worked, anatomically speaking. But I like to not think about that. Well, you don't write romance, so. <laughs> That's true. I only read it sometimes and hear about it on this podcast. Paige, what do you know about dragons? Um, okay, so dragons. I know that they have wings. Sometimes they breathe fire. Uh, commonly, they hoard things like treasure. Yeah. And um, sometimes they're in dungeons. Okay. Okay. So I... I have I've been into dragons for a very long time. Probably been into dragons, I'd say, the vast majority of my life. I think. It's Were you hard. an Aragon kid? I wasn't. I wasn't an Aragon kid. I, I mean, I watched the movie and I was like, this is a good movie because I was like, you know, I was a kid and had bad taste. Um, my brother read Aragon, the Aragon books. I was, I, I've talked about this before. I'm going to talk about it on the podcast, but I was, I was really late to reading. I was a very, very late start reader. And so I kind of missed the, the Aragon phase. Um, mm-hmm. My brother was into the books. And so, you know, that meant that they were off limits to me because it's like, oh, I've read books and I can't like them. Um, 
But I thought the kid who who played the the the, the dude in the movies was cute. And I was like, oh. oh yeah, he's a cute guy. He's cute. Um, but I, I, I really, really liked dragons. I had a friend, uh, I still have a friend, uh, my friend Kira, who's a childhood pal of mine, went to kindergarten together and know each other our whole lives pretty much. Um, she's one of those rare people who had a talent for drawing, like from the moment she was born and she used to draw dragons when we were like kindergarten, just these huge full page, like dragons. And I was like, oh my God, how do you do that? My junior year focus in uh, IB art class was dragons. Hmm. Hmm. Did not know that. I will send you a photo later so that we can have a visual aid. A visual aid? Mm-hmm. Uh, a visual aid? Not from me. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I never really got into drawing dragons because I think my dragon phase kind of faded out about 11 or 12 when I got into like more occult stuff and then I started drawing like different kinds of monsters and witches and stuff like that but I think I I was really really into dragons as a kid particularly because a Shrek obviously <laughs> um listen to the intro again <laughs> context for that uh but but also because I watched a documentary called The Last Dragon on Animal Planet it was made by national geographic in partnership with like sky or whatever the hell channel four and i don't know england UK, yeah whatever the fuck. um and it was a it was a mockumentary not a mockumentary i guess because it wasn't funny but it was like a fictional documentary uh about a scientist who discovers the evidence for there having been real dragons that roamed the earth for like 65 million years this um, sounds so familiar i'm almost certain you watched it or at least you heard about it um it i i i watched it this morning i watched the whole thing this morning i, I got up, made it. myself some coffee and i plunked down in front of my computer and i watched it it is sure. the hokiest thing in the world oh, holy I shit bet. i bet uh, yeah it does sound so familiar if i didn't watch it i at least have heard about it or seen snippets of it because when i was a kid i was glued to animal planet i used to watch uh like um crocodile hunter oh yeah oh oh god uh the most extreme was my fucking show that was my show absolutely in in a similar vein so so the last dragon came out in 2004 and uh it's on youtube for fully it's terrible quality but you can watch it i i'll put the link in the description you know get on it it's very fun um, the actual, like, science parts of it are very interesting, and I loved how they went so deep into, like, they go into the Cretaceous, like, they go into, like, a dragon fighting a T-Rex, and, like, how they could have possibly have flown with, like, a, a, a wingspan that wasn't enough. Like, they go into, like, them making air bladders in their chest and having an extra pair of lungs and, like, how they could have, you know, breathed fire while they eat, like, this special mineral, like, in the ground that they excavate from rocks and they convert it to, to like, gases in their body and then they can shoot flame. Like, they go so, so, so deep. But then they, they contrast those, like, hard documentary things with this, like, super cool scientist, rogue, like academic from the british museum he's an american and he wears finger rings and he has long hair and wears like corded sweaters and he no one believes and they all think he's a kook but it's he but he proves them all wrong and every time he comes on screen it's like yeah and i'm like 
whole, and he does like a bunch of voiceover too. He's like, I was just kept trying to find the evidence. It didn't matter that no one believed me. I knew I was on the right track. And it's like, yeah, dude. And like he's working with like two grad students. Hell, I love it. It's it's the effects are super cool. Like the whole thing is basically this like Romanian uh, rescue op to like rescue some some um, hikers who fell into a crevasse in in uh, the Carpathian Mountains. Um, They uh, they stumbled upon a cavern that was that had a mysterious beast in it that was and a bunch of human bodies as well that had been preserved a lot like Utsi. Uh, Utsi the Iceman uh, is so mummified basically by the cold since the 15th century. Um, and this man is, this scientist is sent there to either prove that it's a hoax or to find out what the heck it is, right? Um, very good. Very choice. Uh, highly recommend. It's like an hour and a half long. It's out of control, hokey, and fun. And I, the actual dragon stuff, very cool. Storyline wise, yeah, I like I like the idea of like the the myth and the lore and getting really into it, but mm-hmm. the actual acting and scientist character sound, ooh, it sounds <laughs> it's, it's it sounds very corny. It's very two thousand four. It's like yeah. yeah, um, I of course one hundred percent believed it as a kid, like as oh, as well, I think. Yeah. I was looking at the the YouTube comments and people were just like, I definitely thought that this was true. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's something like on Animal Planet where uh, like a lot of actual (laughs) true documentaries and and real life uh, Mm -hmm. uh, shows like Crocodile Hunter are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, showing real life animals in real time. So, of course, you're going to think like, oh, wow, like this is like an actual thing that happened. And like, look, there's proof. And uh, this this emo scientist told me so he's, God, so he's not cool. even emo he's just like a renegade like you know like they were definitely going for like some sort of cool modern uh indiana jones type oh. and it was just like and also there's a bunch of like technology that the doesn't exist that he's like <laughs> he does like an i he does a dna scan on this on this dragon in like an hour like it's just like what, what? yeah but i i i think it's interesting uh that you bring up like of course people would believe it because it's produced by these people who like make like natural you know scientific content like you a lot of people would be duped by that the same thing happened a few years ago with the mermaid documentary that nat mm. geo did um and they got a lot of flack for it because like yeah people just believed it and i think we know that people i mean we all want to believe in mermaids and dragons i can't blame anybody for that also people just kind of just be kind of just be dumb i think this just will just believe anything that somebody Some, says it's real sometimes people hear stuff and they think it's real and sometimes it's something harmless like mermaids and bigfoot and sometimes you know it's 5g giving you cancer you know or it's you know that donald trump won the won the election yeah. <laughs> not to turn this into a political podcast but we're <laughs> just we're just giving off examples of what uh what can sound like uh you know something that that could be but is in fact false uh so, so i i think we're going we're going to circle back around I'm gonna circle back around here. So, so that's how I I got into this. Also, the Dragonology books. Special shout out to to all the ology. Oh books. yeah, very very good, very choice. As a bookseller, I've sold so many of those. 
Um, Egyptology is still on my grandma's uh, living room oh, table. So good. Fairyology, all of it. So very good. Um, but I, 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 I think we should talk about before we get into the various books we we're talking about today. Because I'm not talking about a single book. I'm going to do like a, a glance at several of the dragon books because in in recent years, that is to say, 2020, I got like obsessed with dragon romance novels because I found that there were not that many that were to my steez, one might say. Were you in, uh, inspired to read such novels by that horrible fucking movie you had me watch? Maybe. <laughs> I might have been. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. How dare you say that? It was a horrible movie. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> What's that movie called? What's it called? Like, don't God, remember. It has like four different names because it's Russian, and so it like translates differently depending on who you ask. And it's like to, to a dragon's heart or something like that, or like to be a dragon's mate or something. Anyway, it's like Link it's like a cult classic. Yeah, it's it's like a cult classic online. Like people, every once in a while, will come up and be like, "Have you seen this movie? This guy's like really hot in it." And I'm like, mm, "I don't know about that," but I <sighs> it do was like a bad movie. It was a bad movie. It had a huge budget. It was Russian, and also it had, like, this, the main, like, female character was this, like, absolute feral child. <laughs> I loved her very, very much. She just cuts she off was... her own hair to make a rope to climb out of, a, out, of a, out, of, out of a cave. Yeah, she was the best part about that movie, but the movie was absolute garbage. Was trash. Was trash. We never got an explanation as to what the little monkey thing was. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, so what is a dragon? Today we're going to be talking mostly about uh western dragons i there are dragons literally in every mythology all over the world dragons are in sumerian myths dragons are in the bible dragons are in you know asian myths they're in they're in hindu myths they're 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 literally they are everywhere a version of a dragon exists in every culture um whether it's like a foot long or you know 10 miles long they exist they exist in the water, they exist in the sky, they exist deep in mountains. Like, some of them have hordes. Uh, some of them can speak human languages. Um, some of them are revered as great, you know, seekers of wisdom and dispensers of wisdom. Some of them are just morality tales of, like, something for a, a, a you know, a knight to fight against. It's just an easy, you know, it's an easy, uncomplicated, unmorally complicated uh, uh obstacle for classic, some, some big uh, mans to come s- up against classic uh sleeping beauty mm-hmm. which is where shrek really went right because they made it a little bit more complicated didn't they they really did uh but for our purposes today we're gonna talk mostly about western dragons because that is what i've mostly encountered in romance novels recently um i'm sure that they exist although you know i haven't really found them and that could just be like i'm in my own little echo chamber and like I'm only seeing what's being suggested to me based on what I've read and yada yada. So if you have, if you have like a romance novel featuring a, a dragon that is not Eurocentric in any way, like hit me up, like definitely. Cause that'd be super cool. <laughs> super into that. Need some, need some fresh and funky. But the only example that I can think of that on top of my head hmm. uh, is uh, I know it's not uh, a novel, which is hmm. our main focus of this podcast, but what? I just uh, think of uh, Spirited Away. Oh yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah like that, that'd be cool. But and that's a very different type of dragon, right? To to uh, the Western dragon. A lot of times they're just like beasts, right? That are meant to be killed. Um, 
Not in these romance novels, let me tell you. <laughs> no. No, these beasts are meant to have something happen to them, but it's not death. Um, anyway, so I'm going to go to the Bible. Because <laughs> I, I, the I, OG I, romance <laughs> novel? Yeah. So it's I, the Bible. actually, that'd be, you can Google that. Um, so I found an interesting article from hilariously live science on dragons. Because I think they probably get the question a lot from people who've seen the last dragon documentary. You're like, are dragons real? Um, so they, they had a really good article. Again, all is with you linked. Um, and they quoted the Bible for for one description of dragons which i thought was a pretty succinct description so that's why i'm gonna read it not that i particularly care about the bible in any way but yeah um so this is from the book of job chapter 41 and it says its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together each is so close to the next that no air can pass between they are joined fast to one another they cling together and cannot be parted its snorting throws out flashes of light its eyes are like rays of dawn Flames stream from its mouth, sparks of fire shoot out, smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. Its breath sets coals ablaze and flames dart from its mouth. And that was describing the Leviathan in the Bible. Um, Whoa. So I think that also is where a lot of Western mythology, right, gets its dragon is from the Bible, is from this depiction specifically, this kind of monster that can breathe fire and is like this hulking lizard with impenetrable flesh and you have to like hit just the right spot in the underbelly to to, to kill it. Like Smog? Like Smog? I was about to say something about Smog that I... No, tell me. Nah, it's fine. fine. Smog. It's kind of cute though, isn't he? I mean, he ain't ugly. You know, he's kind. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't not. He know? looks better than Benedict Cumberbatch. He do look better than Benedict Cumberbatch, though, don't he? He does. Less <laughs> rough. Sorry. He, he's, he's doing a fine. Good, he is a good actor. He has a good. He's a good actor. He has a great voice, and he's dedicated. And he's great as Doctor Strange, but he he do got a weird face. Do got a weird face though. He got a weird face. Uh. I also, from that same article, I found this little, they, they included a bunch of, like, sources from these various books of, like, the history of mythology and stuff like that. And one of them just so absolutely tickled my teeth that I was like, I need to, I, I need to say this on the, on the pod, on the cast. Um, it, <laughs> I don't know if the, the person they were quoting is from, or the book they're quoting from was the Encyclopedia of Things That Never Were. I don't know where this author got this myth it sounds Greek to me, uh, just in flavor, but it could also just be, I don't know, this could just be totally fiction. This guy was just, like, making shit up. Also very fun. I mean, you're writing about dragons. Who cares? But this one was very good, and I kind of want to write a story that has something like this in it now because it's very fun. So, uh, the use of dragon's teeth provides a simple method of expanding the armed forces of any country. It was first practiced by Cadmus, king of Thebes. First, prepare a piece of ground as though for sowing grain. Next, catch and kill any convenient dragon and draw all its teeth. Sow these in the furrows you have prepared, cover lightly, and stand well away. Warriors clad in bronze armor and armed with swords and shields emerge rapidly from the earth and stand in ranks according to the way in which the dragon's teeth were sown. Um, huh. I don't know, and and that is called Draconis Dentata. Draconis just, Dentata. 
And apparently the, the article goes on to say that like those soldiers are known to be extremely quarrelsome. So you have to like use them very quickly because they'll just end up killing all each other, which is very fun. I don't know where that comes from. It just makes you laugh. I just, that's really good. funny. That's good. Yeah, love that. Give us a um, job or we'll die. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so all of this is to say that we love we love dragons in Western culture. We love we love the the really bestial dragons, and I think I think that really kind of coalesces into this new era of romance novels that we've got, and we've talked about before, which is to say, like monster romance and shifter romance and alien romance. All of these kind of synthesize in dragon romance in particular. Um, which is another, like, I got, in my endless, endless, just Sisyphean trial, which is to someday document every single subgenre of romance novels. Like, again, I encounter something that I'm like, of course this is a thing, but I never in a million years thought this was actually going to be a thing that would have more than, say, two or three books in it. Spoilers, there's a lot of dragon shifter romance novels out there. But that is a very particular thing that I'm saying to you right now. I'm saying dragon shifter romance. Because that's dragon different. Romance. Dragon that's... shifter romance. It's different. It's different. The difference being one of them stays a dragon. The other can change into a man's or a woman's whatever or a non-binary <laughs> friend. I don't know. So... It is here that I'm going to, before we, before we get into the actual books of the time I say, which are all dragon shifter romances, um, V wanted to have a shout out in this podcast episode. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, I, I, I copy and pasted exactly what she said to me today. Um, she said, <laughs> please address in your podcast today. That there isn't enough full-size dragon fucking. I believe and that. she said this, and she's right, in romance novels. There is not a lot. Not to say there's none, because that's untrue. But there is not a lot of romance novels that involve a dragon staying a dragon and participating in a sexual act and... Entering into a loving and supportive romantic relationship with a human. <laughs> There's not that much. But there is some. <laughs> but there is some. Just and not a lot of it. I so, agree with V. So I was like, I, of course, I was like, of course, I'll mention that, of course. But then we got into talking and I was like, wait, we're getting into some furry shit. Is it furry if it's a dragon, or would it be considered a scaly? It's a scaly, and I didn't know. I didn't know what that, like, I, obviously I knew that this was, like, a subculture. I knew that if if you're unaware, uh, sidebar, if you're unaware what a furry is, a furry is some uh, subculture of people who enjoy dressing up as, uh, and, and depicting characters as anthropomorphized animals and there are many layers to that it's not necessarily all sexual um it's a a vibrant community it's not all sexual um but yeah there is a sub there's a subgroup within that subgroup of people who particularly like dragons and who like you know and and there's like scalies so i went on wiki fur (laughs) very dedicated to this research i commend you for it it's very good 
there's many, many types of dragons. There are wyverns. There are like traditional like Western dragons. There are mm-hmm. leviathans. Mm-hmm. There's a whole mm-hmm. thing about mm-hmm. it. But they are all classified under the term of scalies. And a scaly is a person who enjoys scaly anthropomorphized mm-hmm. creatures. Um, and uh, there's also, I found out, something called a fishy. Yes, there's also a buggy. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. Um, <laughs> which is, again, totally fine. Hey, if you're a furry, or if you know a furry, recommend this podcast. Because they're really devoted fans to the things they like, and I'll take that. Hey, it's Y'all not agree. something I'm I'll into, ha- but it is something I fully support, because while I have not been commissioned personally, there are so many artists who have mm, been commissioned mm-hmm. by the furry community, and they pay well. And so- they tip so and they tip so hey if you're a furry listening to this i love it like yeah. i don't love it but like i love you and love what you're keep doing. doing you keep doing keep you, waving your free, we free support flag. it we don't kink shame on this podcast we just no, don't and and i've realized that in the pat in the episodes that are going to be coming out in the, probably the next like few weeks right there's a there's definitely a bent of like this podcast being <laughs> heavily leaning towards like I didn't plan this, but like monster fucking, I didn't, I didn't plan that, but here we are. So we're, we're well past that. We're, we're, we're cousins with, with the furries. (laughs) This podcast is related distantly by blood to the furries. So I'll take you. We're, we're a big family here. Um, but I, (laughs) that being said, okay. So I went on this interesting trip in my brain, which is what I do because I'm in my brain all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was thinking about how I was thinking about V's complaint. I was thinking about how you know, and I was thinking about uh, the Scalies uh, subfam. Um, and they, I, I was thinking about alien romance, and I was thinking about how there are certain tropes specifically within dragon romance that have been moved over and expanded upon in. Alien romance, and I and I say this, and you're like, you're like, Abigail, how can a dragon fit in, fit in with alien romances? And here's what's weird: about ninety percent of the shifter, the dragon shifter romances that I have read, and especially the ones that like actually maintain some serious anatomical differences and like take the risks with that uh, of alienating readers, is what I mean. But like, yeah. Um, those are those are alien romances. They've taken dragons and shifted them <laughs> off planet. And they they no longer are the sole dominion of fantasy or fantasy romance. They they've branched out into into sci-fi, which I find very interesting. That is interesting. I guess once you once you are yeeted off planet, it kind of becomes sci-fi in general with uh, fantastic elements. I think also it opens up it opens up a pathway to take more risks and to do weirder stuff and to change oh, yeah. the mythos, right? 100%. Because if you're doing if you're doing a fantasy romance that involves a dragon shifter, you're you're kind of really narrowing the tropes that you are allowed to do, the risks you are allowed to take and the changes you are allowed to make before you can accidentally just completely shatter your readers' expectations and then they no longer want to read, right? But make them aliens. But make them aliens and people are going with a much more open mind and they go like, suddenly, I don't know what it's going to be. Suddenly the world is your oyster. Exactly. And I think 
it also, like I, I've said before, when I talk about alien romances, I think that particularly like self-published authors of alien romance are allowed much more freedom with taking chances on like, like making the non-human protagonist particularly non-human um like they don't just have to make it like oh he's a he's a he's 100 a human man except for sometimes he turns into a dragon right like they actually do weirder things with it like they may still have scales or you know like weird stuff that comes in and out of them sometimes or whatever i don't know um and i and, and or they blend the two they blend fantasy and sci-fi which i find very very interesting um i personally have never really felt a whole lot of uh drive to write sci-fi i really enjoy reading it obviously <laughs> obviously um but uh, so i find it really interesting when people do this really cool stuff with it and they they take they isolate an element from one genre and then they take it and they transplant it into their genre and then they do whatever they want with it which is very very fun and i think it's something also this is another instance of traditional publishing ignoring the alacrity and the creativity of the romance genre and how mm -hmm. it's moving um and again this may be a kind of narrow view obviously i'm just one person i can only read so much and i can only read so widely uh <laughs> one time so like i it could be that i am seeing trends where there aren't them you know but i i think that readers are hungry for weirder stuff yeah. <laughs> you know i think readers are hungry for interesting stuff they're hungry for the familiar tropes in unfamiliar settings um and and God, i don't know people who who do that better than these like indie authors out there online writing fantasy and sci-fi who just have decided to say screw it you're not going to publish this well, there are still readers for this, and so they they and they meet with great success. Um, so, I'm gonna talk about some of the books I've read. <laughs> okay, we're gonna start with a traditionally published book because um, it was very good. But I think it's also we're starting there because it is the most traditionally fantasy, I guess. What you could say. Um, it is uh, Dragonbound by Thea Harrison. Now, I had never read anything by Thea Harrison before. Uh, they have a great wealth of work. This book is very good. It is about um, a, a young woman who is half were, which is to say she is someone who can turn into an animal. Magical, usually. Um, and in this world, it's magic is out in the open, and they're called... If you have magic in you, you're called an elder race and um they're like broken off into different like domains uh in in the world overlapping the like act the like human government stuff so like new york is the domain of one you know type of magical creature and then yada yada um and she is has been her whole life living under the radar because she's some sort of special thing you don't know what she is but she she cannot be caught ever so her mom passed away years ago but instilled in her constantly that she needs to always be moving never trust anybody well, she fucks up and she gets blackmailed into uh, stealing something from a dragon's hoard. Now, the oh no, you can't do that. Can't do that. Um, and it's just to prove a point. She she's been blackmailed into it so that these people can just prove a point. 
And the dragon she's been tasked to steal from is the only dragon in the world, as far as anyone knows. And he is the king of the wares. And he is like a billion years old. And I and I mean that literally. He he remembers the creation of the earth. He's that old. Which incomprehensible. Cannot imagine what kind of person you would be, but whatever. Um and she steals her name is Pia. And she she steals a penny. She steals one penny from him and she leaves a note and she says, I'm so sorry. And then she Why would she, she leave a note? Because she didn't want to do it. And she knows that she's gonna be caught. Like she knows that doing this there's almost no way she can get away with it. This man no. is like a billion years old. He's like one of the single most powerful people ever. And uh, she's fucked. She knows she's fucked. And so she's like, just like. It's like scratching a, a, a rose race in a parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like you just, she knows. She knows she's she's done. So she, she leaves a note and she's like, well, I hope that helps. I haven't done that, she, by the way. Well, sure. Sure you haven't. <laughs> but, uh. So she she basically like she's like I'm fucked right and of course he he is incredibly pissed off he's so so super pissed off at this person it's more of a blow to his pride than anything he doesn't give a shit about the penny really it's but it's in his penny, hoard you, you know? can't take it from his hoard you can't do that you can't get past all of his security and everything and just do that it's like the bottom of a skyscraper or some shit right um and. Uh, so he tracks her down, and lo and behold, they have this, like, incredible sexual chemistry or whatever, and he's obsessed with her. And he, he catches her, and she's like, are you gonna kill me? And he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with you, but you're my prisoner now, I guess, because you stole from me. And she's like, fuck. And there's, like, a whole bunch of shenanigans and all this stuff. Um, Is it, does it become a beauty and the beast kind of story? No, it becomes more of, like, an unraveling of what her secret is. And as they are trying to get back to his territory, because she runs, she, she fucking, she gets a car and she runs and he catches her. And by the time he catches her, more people are on her tail. Um, and they're also trying to kill him at the same time. So it becomes, you know me, I love a good road trip romance and it comes, oh. it becomes a little bit of a road trip romance. You know me, you know what I like. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I do. Um, and they like cr- there's like a whole thing where they cross over into into the uh, uh, like there's there's like multiple dimensions. It's kind of like Cressley Cole in that they have like you can just cross over into different parallel worlds and shit like that where other people you know whatever it doesn't. It's a very traditional fantasy set in the modern world. Um, very very good. I liked it a lot. Um, Dragos is very fun. Uh, and and so is Pia. Pia is very cool and very resourceful. Uh, I won't spoil what she is, but it's it's pretty fun. Um, I didn't guess it. I thought she was gonna be something totally different. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a good book, but boring, boring in comparison. It's not boring. It's a very very fun book. Read it. But in terms of like taking chances and doing interesting things with the obviously very play trope of a man also being a dragon um we get we get a lot of creativity out there and i i, I want to shout out friend of the pod uh tiffany roberts hey, um hi tiffany roberts y'all's the best we love you <laughs> uh so they wrote an installment in a series of standalone books which has multiple authors called venice needs men i believe it's called venice needs men it's v-e-n-y-s um, and it's like, I think it's 
I, I'm pretty sure, I, so I read the first book a while ago, so I may have this wrong, and I actually started reading Tiffany Roberts' book today, um, so I could be wrong, but I think this is, like, set on a different planet where humans once flourished, um, but no longer do, and all of the men have died out, except for, like, a few, and so it's these tribes of women who exchange their male children with other tribes as they grow up so that they can prevent inbreeding. Um, and oh, that's like the opposite of the Kraken novel where there was like no women. Exactly. And it's the opposite of generally speaking, most of these books, including most alien romances, like there's almost never a surplus of women. Um, it's almost always the other way around. Um, gotta have those men desperate and horny as hell. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, in, in in these books, there are dragons that exist as well, but they haven't been heard from in a century or two or whatever. Um, but the dragons have a thing where if they touch a human woman, they lose their immortality and become men. Thanks. Um, yeah, so it's like a huge deal. And the one I read, and the reason I didn't really continue the series and didn't realize that Tiffany Roberts had, had written an, uh, an installment in the series... Because the one I read was kind of tough. It was, like, really brutal because this woman accidentally turns a dragon into a man. She she doesn't realize there's a dragon, like, in this, the water she's in. And she, she touches him and he turns into a man and he's pissed. Yeah. He's so super mad. Which is, like, fair because it means he's going to die. Um, but he's also, like, really, really mean. Oh, and they like it has a happy ending. They they figure it out. They work it out. Whatever. But like it, it kind of put me off a little bit from the rest of the series. Which you know, my fault. I should have looked into the other ones. But I was like, I don't like it when they're mean. <laughs> it gets kind of tough sometimes. Uh, Angst is good. Differences are good. But I they're, they're mean all the time. And I don't. This makes me feel bad. Especially if, if like the romance is a little slower. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta give me, gotta give me a little sweetness to hold on to, man. A little bit. Gotta, gotta give me like, a, just even like a, like a, like a quick glance or a, or a accidental handhold. You can't just be horny. Is the you thing. can't just be horny because horny and mad is is great, but like the, not forever. The foundation of a long lasting relationship, it is not. And no. the, and there there is a place for like books based on you know like oh, yeah. horny, horny hate right oh, yeah uh, and those exist usually in the realm of erotica which is not really what i read in any way i wouldn't even know where to start with that but well, i i go from uh enemies to lovers to friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> i so i think i i think that i was i was a little put off by that but then so today while while i was uh vibing and i finished my um you know the documentary uh, I was like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see that series. I didn't, I didn't read any more about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, friend of the pod, Tiffany Roberts, you have a book. I trust you. You're not gonna do that to me. And I was right. Uh, I got about halfway through before we started recording, and it's very, very sweet and very fun. So, um, yay! I will obviously put that in the link as we're putting that in the link in the description as well. Um, it's very, very good. Very fun. The lesson uh, learned here is to trust Tiffany Roberts with our lives. The lesson is always to, to trust Tiffany Roberts. We love them very much. Uh, it's for the podcast and have sent me several very, very sweet messages. Um, oh. So, get that out of the way. But then we have uh, the Fireblood series. Now, 
we all know on this podcast, and even if you don't know on this podcast, you know, probably if you read romance novels at all, uh, Ruby Dixon. Oh, Ruby Dixon. Oh, Ruby Dixon. So what's messed up, right, is that I did not start Ruby Dixon's backlog, which is immense, with her, I guess you could say like her temple series, which is her her sci-fi. Um, her she's got this like hugely expansive world, which is so so fun, and I want to live in it. Also, it sounds terrible, but I do want to live in it very very much. Um, I I I love Lisa's work. So good, so good, very good. And anything you can imagine, any flavor protagonist you want, like it's there. Um, but I didn't start there. I didn't start with her her wider like sci-fi stuff. Um. Which starts with the Ice Planet Barbarians and then has many, 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 many spinoffs. Um, I started with the Fireblood Dragon books because I think I, I was looking for, uh, I w- again, I was looking for like a dragon shift romance. And I was like, oh, what's this? And the Fireblood <laughs> books, there's eight of them. I have read six I'm on the seventh now, which I'm very excited about. I finished the sixth last night, which is what I was staying up reading. Um, and it is about, it's a poke, 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 It's a post-apocalyptic earth. Oh you got there. I got there. We, we managed it. Where a, at one point in the before, as it's called in the book, a rift opened up in space-time above earth and out flew dragons. That just immediately destroyed pretty much everything. Billions of people dead within a year. Um, humanity basically done, right? They, they're, their people exist, but like life as everyone knew it, toast, literally. Um, and these dragons, there's huge, huge gold ones. And then there's like much smaller red ones. And they are all fucking insane. And they're just like monsters that just destroy everything constantly, always. And so the humans that live on the planet, still, uh, they are learning to survive and they've kind of coalesced into forts, little, little societies, anywhere between like 40 people and 500 people can live in a fort or whatever the hell, um, that everyone has to fortify to like make sure dragons don't burn it down and stuff like that. Um, but also like, it's really grim because what do men do when they've got when they got guns and control of food supply and Ugh. a bunch of desperate women. Yeah, it's very grim. Ruby Dixon can write a lot of grim stuff. You like it, but it's grim. Um, and the first book opens with uh, a young woman who's trying to get her sister back. She's being held by, by a militia, basically. And she trades herself for her sister. And she thinks that she's going to be abused by these guards. And it turns out what they do is they're going to use her as dragon bait to to what she thinks is like appease the dragon he's gonna eat her or something um and you find out that these dragons they can turn into men um and there's rumors that women can human women can make it so a dragon never comes and attacks the settlement again and no one knows how but they find out that they turn into to men when they smell a mate right well, also in finding out that they can turn into men, we find out that they're totally batshit insane. Because when they came through the rift, something about Earth made them just absolutely lose their minds because they don't speak. They use like a psychic link to talk mm. to each other. 
and something about earth and whatever just like scrambled it and made them go crazy um yeah and so the the series is is these dragons finding their mates and like how these people know each other and like what happens and like the lore of that but but i hear what you're saying you're saying abigail that's also very fantasy and i say you're right except you find out that this takes place in her wider sci-fi universe it all goes back to sci-fi these it dragons all goes back to the same universe they come from a they come from another planet like across the galaxy they're called draconi and Draconi's- they just they just they just got they just got like plop down on earth and so you find out in the most recent books in her in her sci-fi series that word has finally gotten around to the edges of the universe the earth has been totally screwed over and there's a bunch of draconi flying around <laughs> and so you also get to meet draconi who have not been to earth but who are like gladiators and shit and slaves oh. and whatever so it's, it's all it's all connected ruby dixie connects with everything it's just this huge connection everyone's this web she's the og of uh like the multiverse. Probs not, but she very fun, very fun books. If you just if you want an author who just puts out a an insane amount of books and B like has a massive backlist, if you want something to use a terrible word, bingeable, uh Ruby Dixon's your girl. Um I believe Holy it. smokes. I, yeah. She's also doing serials now. She's doing like uh, on her Facebook, which I'm not a part of because that would drive me insane. I would like to just read the whole thing. But I, I read one that she published as like the, the finished novel just like two days ago. It was very, very good. It's called Adirond. Uh, but uh, it's about space pirates. It's good. Ooh. And these women who are trapped on a spaceship for three years. And then the space pirates come and, and they, they find them. But the women, like, trap them. It's very good. Very, very good. So, that, like I said, sci-fi has taken dragons. I love that. They're doing fun and funky stuff with them. Um, I, 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 I just, that just tickles me. I don't know how you feel about that, but I love it. I, I'm into it. God, just do whatever you want, man. Like... I don't know. I uh, put witches in space, uh, like dragons. Sure. Space. Bring a spaceship to to medieval England. I don't know. Like, let's make it spicy. Let's make it fun. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> it doesn't, man. Um. I also want to say that uh, since we're not doing a Crusty Cole episode, we are still going to mention Crusty Cole because. I believe, if I'm reading the hints in her books correctly, that so- at some point we will get a uh, a dragon shifter romance from her Ooh. in in the Immortals After Dark vein. Ooh. Lord knows when that's gonna happen, Cressley Cole. We miss you, girl. But like, um, you know, well, there Cressley. was a character in uh something something the abyss the the one um that i was telling you about was like the beauty and the beast one that i talked about on twitter as well um where like one of the the king of hell's best friend is is an old dragon shifter who hasn't shifted back to to being a man in many many moons and he has a mysterious backstory it's like oh we're gonna get you we're gonna get your book okay oh yeah 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 Yeah. 
for sure. Um, he's a like king of the dragons. So I'm like, yeah, Aww. for yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Into and it. he watches he watches nothing but soap operas on TV. It's very fun. I love it. Love that. Love that for you. Uh, so just a just a brief note on 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 that. I assume maybe someday we'll get, but someday not. No, when Crystal Cole's coming back, we miss you. Who's to say? Come back, Crystal Cole. You don't know. Hope you're you doing right all now, right. But you know, hope you're doing okay. Um. What else did I want to mention? Um, more Shrek? Oh my gosh, sorry about more Shrek. Well, okay, so hold on. If you could, if you could have a dragon mance, what kind of dragon mance would you want? Would you want like a water dragon mance? Would you want like a fantasy dragon mance? Would you want an actual dragon? I'm not going to judge you if you're a scaly. Would you want like a dracony? Like what, what's your vibe? What, what are you feeling? As much as I fucking hate that goddamn dragon movie that you showed me, <laughs> that would kind of be the ideal. Like, the God. idea... Is it just, ideal? Is it? It's just not with, like, the craziness of, of, like, the dragon not being, like... I'm talking at, like, the end of the movie where the dragon ha- is, like... He's just a dude? He's just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's a dragon with a dude uh, mind, just wants to fly over the beaches... Can turn into, I mean, the actor wasn't really that hot, but like he, the idea he, is that yeah. the, the guy would be hot and he could turn into a dragon and we could fly across the beaches. That's the so, ideal here. The the movie's name, one of its names is I Am Dragon. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's so bad. It's it had a it's huge really budget. Bad. It was very pretty. It had a it was a pretty movie. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was very strange, very strange. But like the concept of like that film was that dragons used to be given fair maidens as as to appease them, so they wouldn't like terrorize and kill people. Okay, and you had to sing this like special song to let the dragon know that they had like a maiden waiting for them. And the, all they knew is that the women never came back. Uh, but you find out that the dragons, what they would do is when they would take a woman. They would bring them back to this like island thing, and then they would burn her alive. And from her ashes, a son would like a a a, a baby dragon boy would would be born. And every single boy who's born remembers his mother's death as his first memory. It's extremely messed up. And like the actual like romance is that. Um, they this woman is about to get married this young lady is about to get married she's like she's like 17 she's like super young she's like supposed to be super mature and she's really young yeah her her stupid fiance like as she's they're doing like the ritual of like passing over to the dragon but it's like her marriage um he he and his warriors decide to like sing the song as like as like a not a, it's not as like a joke but it's like his his father or his grandfather was the one to kill the last dragon so it's kind of like a honor They're thing. They're trying to be honorable but it's it's dumb and then they actually summon a dragon and this yeah. girl who's about to get married is swiped away mm-hmm. she's in a cave with a dude and this weird monkey thing that we never get the answers to. No. And, and he, the whole like thing talking. is that he doesn't, he doesn't want to be a dragon he doesn't he does like he doesn't want to kill her. Dragon, but he turns into a dragon and then he turns back into a man, and then they fall in love, and she goes through several horrible costume changes. Oh, so bad. So and then bad. She goes 
She goes um, back. She goes back. And she's like, uh, dang it, I don't want to be here. I want to be with my dragon boy. So then she gets taken again back to the same fucking cave. Yeah. And this dragon is about to torture her alive. And she's like, no. And she kisses him. Yeah. And then he's, and he's then like, it's fine. And then it's and then fine. They have, and then they have and a kid later. They have a fine. daughter. Yeah. And she's like, wow, how does, how does, what, who, who am I? Like, how does this work? And they're like, Good we don't know. <laughs> and then he turns into a dragon and then she's like, oh, nice dragon. And then she rides him across the beaches. And it's so very it's, sexual. It's very sexual. <laughs> she like climbs on top of the dragon. Yeah. It's like, she's oh. She's wearing like this like thin white dress. And she's like got like a big old thigh slit, and she like straddles oh, yeah. his neck, and is it's, like, "Are you ready?" It's really hot. Yeah, the except last... it's very strange. <laughs> it would be so much hotter if it if it just hadn't been so strange throughout the movie. But anyway, that's yes. like the idea. Of, of I what... am dragon. Yeah, that's the 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 basic 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 idea from the last two minutes of I am dragon. That's yes. the ideal for me. Okay, what about you? I take me a Draconi warrior, crazy or not. I do love me some Draconi. I like it's very cool. They're like golden, all of them, even when they're even when they're mans. Um, they are they got like golden eyes and stuff. But ultimately, I think I like them the most because they're all just like just they're just like full simps for their women <laughs> it's very fun like they're just like like the the thing that drives them out of their madness is like they smell one particular person and they're like i like the way you smell and that's it i'm done i'm yours now and they're like oh and these women are like what <laughs> um and and they, so like draconi also like female draconi how they indicate that they like someone else that they that they want to bone down super hard is that they fight the men and the men have to overpower them and like that's the sign that like that's yeah okay we're gonna we're you're strong enough to like raise good young yes um and then they're together forever um but (laughs) so like they keep all these poor Draconi men. They can't. They can't speak English. They don't. They don't speak English. They're c- crazy. Most of them are like absolutely out of their minds. They they use a telepathic link and they can't. But humans don't have that, so they're like trying to talk to them with their brains. And they're like, "Why aren't you hearing me?" Um, on top of that, they also realize that they are interested in these women, and they they're like, "You're my mate now." And so he's like, they they kind of bow up and are like, "Okay, ready to fight. We're gonna fight now." And these women are like. <laughs> You're the size of a plane. <laughs> um, it's very fun. It's very good. Um, a couple, and they're all very different. Um, Ruby Dixon really excels at writing characters who are just so vastly different, even though like you know what to expect out of like what's gonna happen. Um, she always is really good at surprising you and in, in writing very very different characters and i I really admire that um everyone feels very singular which is not easy to do considering she has like a back list of like oh there's gotta be well over 100 books um so many i think it's gotta be i i can't i can't imagine that there isn't um so i would take a draconi warrior they walk around naked all the time because they don't like clothes fair see that dragon package it's just out out there yeah they don't care (laughs) Love it. 
Uh, but if I had to choose a, a man from from Ruby Dixon's wider universe, though, I don't know. There's a lot of good ones in there. I do like she has a the main like race in her. Uh, her her wider universe are these blue skinned aliens with horns and uh, four fingers, three fingers and a thumb, um, like Avatar. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but they are like like really strong and sturdy. Um, mm-hmm. they they're called uh, I'm probably gonna say it wrong, but it's like Messica. Um, and they they're like the they're not like the dominant race in the universe, but like they're the ones we see the most, and they're usually mm-hmm. the good guys. Um, they uh they're they're pretty cool too. They're very fun. I do like them a lot. So anyway, this is the Ruby Dixon cast, but just <laughs> while we're on the subject. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I like dragons. I highly recommend all of those books. Um, I will say, (laughs) Shrek, yeah, I I will say I have read some bad, some not great dragon romance. I read one in particular that somehow managed to every once in a while, Paige, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I end up somehow accidentally backing into, and I, I mean that how I said it, backing into the spanking corner of the romance subgenre. I know that's not your thing. It's not my thing! And yeah, I end up there sometimes. Like, I was looking for Dragon Shift of Romance, and I ran out of... I was reading Ruby Dixon's, and then I read, like, four of, like, the dra- the Fireblood books, and I was like, okay, I need a break. So I, I went looking for other different Dragon Romance. And then I found some, and I was like, ah, oh, it's not very good. And then I read Venice's Ben, and then I didn't really like that one as much as I thought I would. So then I found a different one. And this one was, like, set in a medieval-ish world where, like, shifters are a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Again, one of those books that has many other plot elements, but all of them fall far, far, far below the main plot element, I guess, which is to facilitate a woman's need to be spanked. (sighs) It is a shockingly wide and diverse subgenre of romance novels. I believe it. I keep ending up there. And I just, it's always an unpleasant surprise for me, too. Because I'm like, okay, I can, like, all right, this is, like, this is a little domineering. Okay. Uh, and then we get into some really nasty, dirty talk with, like, that focuses very heavily on spanking. And I'm always like, God damn it. Damn it. I'm here again. <laughs> Got thrown into it. Yeah. I'm better at spotting them now, but. That's good. Yeah. Could could sense the buildup. I just, I know the language now. I know, like, I can spot it. Because at first, I'm used to reading, like, fan fiction, right? Fan fiction is primed me for, like, and also romance novels. A lot of times they use, uh, like, the alpha male tropes, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that men are going to talk in a very domineering way. And, like, that sometimes it's, like, whatever. It's it's just a, it's a feature of a lot of romance novels. But there's a very slight shift in, in terminology and, and circumstance in books that revolve mostly around spanking that I've learned to spot, even if they try and hide it. I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> and then also, it unfortunately, it has taken all the, like, nonchalance out of, like, mentioning spanking, like, as a joke in any other romance novels, because now whenever I see the word spanking, I just go, ah! Ah! no. Can't deal I know with you're making anymore. a joke, but like maybe you're not making a joke, and that that'll hurt me because you've you've taken my trust and you crushed it. <laughs> you've spanked it. 
Nasty, nasty. Did you have any uh, uh non-spanking dragon romance of any, or just dragon media you wanted to shout out while we're here? Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. Talked about Shrek. Talked about. We did talk about Shrek. I guess Game of Thrones was like a huge thing that got people really into dragons. I guess those were those were the gnarlier animalistic type yeah. of dragons. Yeah. Those were like the hardcore dragon. Did not look like fun to touch. No, but it got no. people into it. I think. Yeah, I was like, uh, fun fact. My oh. grandpa uh, was really into Game of Thrones until they introduced the dragons, and he was like, "I can't believe they would take a, such a childish direction." And I was like, "This has never been about like <laughs> medieval England. You know that, right? Like, you know that." What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Side note: I've 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 never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. You haven't? Wow, that's a no. that's impressive, actually. I just I've seen snippets because my dad. Shout out to Papa Huggies. Shout out to my dad, who who just is, who's just into into mythical creatures. I guess he loves Between True Blood and he loves and Game of Thrones. <laughs> God, that was so funny. Very I good. I can't believe you didn't mention my dad during the True Blood episode. I forgot. There were also I was juggling like both V and Fred in that episode. That's like true. they were so mean to me. You did make them watch True Blood. They could have stopped me at any time, but they act like I they act like I have so much power in this household that I can actually force them to do anything, which is objectively untrue. V could hit me and I'd be dead in like a second. <laughs> it's true. V could um she could beat the shit out of any one of us. I'm so frail and feeble in comparison to her. I was I walked downstairs the other day and she's just sitting in front of the TV watching Letter Kenny doing doing fucking curls with a fifteen pound weight. And I'm just like, damn. That's intimidating as hell. She's gonna kill us. <laughs> I love you, she, she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, that was dragons. I don't know. I, I, I mean, if I, if anyone ever wants me to do like a deep dive into into a particular dragon book, I will. I, I didn't feel like any of them would be interesting enough to do a single deep dive, which is kind of like why I did the Aliens episode 12, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was like, I really like all of these books, but none of them would make uh, a super fascinating deep dive. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to talk about all of them at once. Same thing with the dragon books. I love the concept of dragon shifter stuff. Um, I, I, I always find it really interesting too. I think part of my fascination comes from the fact that a lot of these things that I read or stuff that I would never think to write. And I also really don't have very, like any interest in writing, which is fascinating to me because usually when I enjoy something a lot, I immediately want to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel any particular urge to write dragon shifter stuff. Uh, but I really enjoy reading it. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy the creativity that goes into taking something that is very old and turning it into something new each time. It's creative. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's creative, but it still has the trust of like your reader goes into it knowing a certain set of rules are going to be played. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that 
is so fundamental to romance, this idea of playing by the rules so that even as the reader expects to be surprised, we know that we're not going to be betrayed. <laughs> right. Um, so, As long yeah. as it's written well and, and makes sense within the context of, of the book and the universe that you're writing in, mm-hmm. you can you can do whatever you want. You, know? you can. You really can. And a reader is just going to let you do it, too, yeah. for the most part. They're just... If you can make if you can make sense of something like having dragons be dragons but they're aliens <laughs> and that's why we don't see them cuz they're just they're out in the different part of the universe. Hey. Yeah. I'm into it. Do it. That makes sense. I vibe I vibe, man. That's so cool. Hell yeah, take me there. Sell take me on me there. that. I I I think that's part of the reason also that I I just struggle with contemporary romance too is cuz like there's so many fun stories out there of like dragon romance and and like weird vampire stuff mm-hmm. and and wizards and 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 just in sci-fi, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. cool sci-fi out there that I'm just like do I really want to read about John who works in IT falling in love with Janice who like <laughs> works in HR? Do like I really do I really want to read that? Got to go back to that uh accounting romance. Even that had some measure of... I mean, it was so fantastical and nonsensical that it might as well have been fantasy. It was, I mean, it took place in Idaho. She that place from, doesn't exist. She went from being a nurse to being a CPA. Now that's... That's magical. So I, 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 we, we will be doing non-fantastical uh, episodes. I had several planned, actually. But... None of them can be done at the moment. Um, we're going to have uh, several different types of things coming out in the future, but mm-hmm. we'll be doing like a, a historical romance episode Ooh. coming out in March and all this stuff, all this really cool stuff, but none of them worked out for this moment in time. So that is why we're getting another fantasy romance because A is what I like to read and B, yeah, fuck off. I can do whatever I want. Yep. Anyway, Paige, you're in the plug zone. Do what you want with it. As always, my Instagram is P-A-G-E dot H-U-E-S. And, uh, hey, uh, if, if any furries are listening, I'll try, I'll try your furry art. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm an illustrator. Oh, hey, yeah. I do what I want. Hell yeah. Uh, Tiffany that, Roberts, yeah. if you want me to draw, uh, book, book covers, give me a message on Twitter. I love you. Oh, we love them. Yeah. Uh, God, that'd be so funny. Uh, that would be that. hilarious. Don't oh, oh I wanted to, to mention. That. I wanted to mention. Um, speaking of Friends of the Pod, I'm so glad I remember this. Finley Fenn. Finley Fenn. Finley I've been Fenn. reading Finley Fenn's books because I've been comfort reading. But we should, I mean, I've been reading things that hurt me. And um, <laughs> the hurt I, so good. I would love for Finley Fenn to take on Dragon Shifter Romance. She does mostly Ooh. orcs, as far as I can tell. But if she... Her, like, oh, she does such great fantasy with, like, such good world building. Um, and again, she hurts me so profoundly every single time. Her books make me so, so profoundly sad. Always have a happy edit. Very, very good. There's a lot of really super kinky sex stuff in it. Not exactly my bag. But worth it to me to read something I'm not super comfortable with. Because her actual, like, romance and, and emotional stuff in it, supreme. Very Love good. It. Cried extremely hard. I had to take my contacts out because I was crying so hard. 
<laughs> would love for her to take on some dragon romance. Finley Fen, if you're listening, love you. Finley Keep Fen. Keep doing what you do. Let's do it. Yes. Friend of the pod. Anyway, yes. Friend yes. of the pod. Uh, yeah, so you have Instagram. You're also on Twitter, but, like, you don't really use that. But, like, you would if people followed you there. So, page, page use. So, do that. Page use. Page use. You know, you'll be tagged. You do that. Um, is that it? Is there anything else? I think so. Um. I have things, right? I have things. I, it's always with the, with the, with the. You buy your books with with the with the books. Yeah, with the, with blueberry. the books and the thing and the link and the things and the things Sup- and the whatnot. Support, support your uh, local bookshop. Support, support your local bookshop. Support indie uh, authors. Uh, read what you want. Um, well, okay, so you can find Kingdom of Thirst at all of the social medias, pretty much, except for TikTok. Uh, you can find them all at Kingdom Thirst. You can email me at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You can submit a form uh, via our website, which I changed recently. So you no longer have to put your email if you're some, for whatever reason, uncomfortable with that. If you want to do so anonymously. I would like to start reading like comments and and stuff on the cast. Um, So if that interests you, you can submit through there. You can also submit through email. I just ask you to please, if you'd like it to be read, A, say that. And B, um, include your pronouns. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, other than that, you can make up whatever name or whatever you want. It doesn't matter. No skin off my nose. Uh, as a reminder, in the future, we will be doing a Kingdom of Thirst Patreon, but that cannot happen until we have more listeners. Um, so do what you can. Get your furry friends on it. I need the furry task force on this problem. <laughs> um, that is not to say that we are not making a huge amount of progress. Um, like a, a, a startling amount of listeners, considering uh, we've only been going since October 7th, which is wild to me. People listen do, on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, do me a solid and hit that review button. Leave me a review if you can. I know it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but it's super helpful if you do that. At the very least, if you don't want to do that, if you could please rate it with the, the star system, that would be awesome. Because what doing that does is it pushes us up in the analytics. And so that way it advertises the podcast to more people. And if we get more people, then we can do more cool stuff. And I can be doing the podcast more often than I am. Yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. Uh, if whatever platform you're listening on, if you're listening on Pandora, hit that thumbs up. If you are listening on Podcast Addict, leave a review. Um, I think even uh, Google Podcasts has like a, you can like each episode or something like that. I don't know. Um, Spotify doesn't help with that, but you could make sure you hit the follow button. I know it's really easy to listen without doing that. That's the spiel. I know. I know it's a lot and annoying, but if you could, it'd be helpful. Other than that, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. We always take requests. Um, I'm working on a request right now from one of our listeners, Karen, who's so very, very lovely. I mean, this very, very long. Uh, Shout out to Karen. Shout out to Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. Uh, So yeah, that's about it. I'm trying to think. Oh, bookshop.org is what you were talking about earlier. Yes. We have a bookshop account. You can find all of the books there uh, that have been featured on the podcast so far, except for two of them, which I think were Amazon exclusives. 
you can also find my list of books that I'm currently reading and also books that have really formed me as a reader and a writer. I have a lot of nonfiction in there. Um, I read, spoilers, I read things like other than romance and typically it's either science or uh, history because <laughs> I'm boring. Um, so there's a lot of that in there. Uh, and yeah, so if you do that, you support the authors, you support indie bookstores, and you also support the podcast. So it's very helpful. I would appreciate it very much. So we can do cool stuff in the future, like uh, the rewrite of Pamela uh, yes. that I, I want to do. And a private Discord server and streams yes. and all that cool stuff, but it doesn't make sense to do if, you know, there's no one to, to do it with. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I miss so. anything. I don't think so. Probably. But who's to say? <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So we're going to close out. That's the end of the podcast. We're done here. All Close right. the shop. <laughs> Garage door's coming down. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>